Tennessee's premier sports radio call-in show. This is The Drive. And hello, good afternoon, and welcome to another stellar edition of The Drive here on Fan Run Radio. Russell Smith punching the time clock, 3 o'clock on your Wednesday afternoon. I love it when Talk Sports is not here. It means we can start on time, everything's relaxed. We just get in the studio at our leisure, hang out. Maybe, is there... Cody's not causing trouble. Is there some way we could get them fired? Can we get them canceled? No. We like make up something that they did. No, absolutely not. That Cody's sexual sexually harassing Marcus or something like that. I am. (laughs) He's giving. He's like pinching him on the butt when he walks out. It makes everybody uncomfortable. He does leave him pictures sometimes on the laptop. He does do that. Pictures of me usually. He needs to stop doing that. Makes it weird because of our interns, but. No, I'm loosely affiliated with Talk Sports. Very loosely. Could we say he, like, tore up Sister Jean's new book or something like that? I saw Sister Jean flying to the game. She's 102 now. Still going strong. Oh, no, he doesn't care, but he made a bold statement last week that she needs to be put in a home. (sighs) What the hell? I mean, he wants to go to hell, doesn't he? What an idiot. I mean, he hasn't learned. He did not learn his lesson, did he? If if we're being honest, if we're being honest, like there's a pretty good chance Sister Jean outlives Cody. Was that dark? Was no, that morbid? It was just, you know. Stating fact? Yeah. She leads a, I would imagine, a fairly healthy life. So she's not going to Miami for God knows what, doing God knows, you know, doing whatever it is that he's going to do down there. All right. Who punched tickets yesterday? Gonzaga? They won the West Coast Conference Tournament again. I uh, saw a Carl- College of Charleston's going. So Charleston and Furman going from the Palmetto State. That's got to really stick in your craw if you're South Carolina. <laughs> All the a little bit. Smaller schools are going. They do have the Final Four appearance, though. Not as much as looking across the, uh, the other side of the conference and realizing that you've got who you've got, and Old Miss just – Probably lucked into getting Chris Beard as their next head coach. Chris Beard, the front runner for the Ole Miss job today, they've according to multiple reports. Met repeatedly, and in a good way. You know, usually, when people meet with me repeatedly. It's do you like Beard and Kiffin go out double dates, stuff like that? What's the what's the more potential for disaster situation? Is it? Um, Complete disaster. Beard and Kiffin? Beard and Kiffin or Freeze and Bruce? Oh, by far, Auburn. Smashed! You got it. Oral Roberts won the Summit League. I always get them confused with it. For some reason, I always Christian University? You asking me if Oral Roberts... Yeah. Is a Christian university. Yes, Barry. There, it's a religious institution. Okay. I always get them mixed up. I always think they're from Virginia. Like it really confuses me. They're from Texas, right? They're they're in Oklahoma, Tulsa. 
Oklahoma. That's where Oral Roberts did his thing. Is that where they've always been? I always, I, think I mean, so. I, mean, I, mean, I don't point, think they're like the Mormons where they moved across the country. I mean, when I was young, I, I thought it was like a dental school. I didn't know that schools could move locations like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's they're like pro franchises they could just move no i, I don't think that's the way it works uh north kentucky the norse the won norse. the horizon league how about that i didn't even know they were in the horizon league remember when the horizon league was halfway good i mean i guess they're i well i, I don't know oh so oral roberts was a person yes bear he was a preacher. He's a fire breather back in the day. Fire and brimstone. <laughs> Revelation type guy. And you brought the noise. Pentecostal holiness. Heck yeah, man. Okay. <clears throat> Holy rollers. Uh, North Kentucky is in. I think that's it. I think that's it. We listed the other schools. So we're up to, to a good dozen or so automatic bids here. And the SEC tournament tips off tonight. Yep. I'm getting kind of tingly for the king of the brackets. The brackets, the brackets, the brackets. The brackets. That'll be live Sunday night, brought to you by Crown Cleaners once again. Who's our reigning king? Is it still Lars? Or did Lars win it last year? No, I, I don't know. I, I don't remember who won. It was somebody who – I don't know if they, they, they talked to us or not. Are we having problems with the podcast, Chloe? No. Something sounded weird in the headphones. Yeah. She keeps that. reaching over and like adjusting things, and I'm like, "Is like I'm I'm getting the robot sound." In it's my a, left it's okay. Ear. Yeah, I got the robot sound a little bit. Maybe this is what I get for openly speculating of whether or not we could bring about Talk Sports' downfall just so we can get into the studio a little bit earlier. Yeah. Sorry, headphones. Sorry. Sorry, Talk Sports. I didn't mean it. We love you. I'm sorry. They don't since they don't use headphones that. That knob was all the way down to zero, so she couldn't really hear except for what was in the room. Oh, are you good now? Yeah. Can you hear? Yes, I can hear. Okay, Sorry. you're not. You don't have to apologize. You're not bothering me. I was just worried about the podcast. No, the podcast. I don't really care whether you can hear or not. It's just the podcast that's important. Yeah, she's never messed it up. <laughs> it's the first time for everything. I have a question for Marcus. Oh, no. Okay. Are you had you have some type of product in your hair right now? Well, I got a haircut, so yes, I have product in my hair. Is that okay? Does it no, look I mean or? no, huh? Oh, okay. It looks sharp, man. You got kind of a like woo. You is got the you got a rooster thing going on. Uh, is it from the headphones? Maybe no. Mm-hmm. I think it's from however they styled it. Hmm. I'm gonna haircut tomorrow, man. Yeah. It's uh. So am I. It's all you get it today. No, yesterday. After oh, the show. do you still have the product that they put in it yesterday, or mm-hmm. did you put it in yourself now? Yeah, I put it in that. So you showered. get you get your uh, you get your haircut. It is like you try and keep it together. For me, she always does like an amazing job. You look on, you look fantastic. When I you feel leave the fantastic. I'm like I'm sure you do. I'll walk out of there feel like a million bucks, and then like I try and do whatever. Well, she does the blow dryer. You know, like when you when you break out the blow dryer. Like, it's just a different level. I ain't time for that, man. I do the towel, and that's it. But. Anyway. Like the hot towel? Yeah. yeah. 
Well, no, I, the the towel when I get no, out. No, he of the just shower. towel dries it and then he kind of looks in the mirror. And, but I did the. Yeah. Uh, I just winks climb out of the shower with no towel and air dry like a man. What are you doing? Drying yourself off with a towel, Alice? Be a Sorry. man. Sorry, didn't mean that as a sexist comment. I don't mean that as a sexist comment. To be careful now, Chloe could get me canceled. Are you woke, Chloe? Watch out. <laughs> no. <laughs> Marcus is. <laughs> woke, yeah, woke. Be careful what you say around him. What have I so, said that's given any indication of that? But, uh, yeah, you're a good chart, Marcus. Thank you. Should have gotten a beard, kind of. Did they trim the beard up a little bit? No. Uh, I think they did the sideburns, but no, leave the beard alone. It's too magnificent to mess with. Do we want Ole Miss or South Carolina? We want South Carolina, right? I mean, we just drill South Carolina every time they show up. Josiah goes off. We we have to to be beating them by an average of well over 20 points the last two or three years. Yeah. Yeah. We've been doing this for a while. Very rarely. I'd like to go back and look, like, since Bruce Pearl arrived. Like, what our record is against them, like, the past 18, 20 years. Pretty much just drill them. Every time they go out, I, I think, you know, it's by 40 up there, and then maybe by 30 something oh, here. By 30 ish yeah. here in Knoxville. Somebody brought up a good point. I, I can't remember which which show I was listening to earlier. I can't remember if it was local or national, but opine that the reason we're so high on some of these things is because we absolutely drilled people's eyes shut at the beginning of the year, and that's probably still skewing the numbers. Who knows, man? Who knows what they look at? Who knows what matters? I don't know. I've, I, I've given up. All I know is three seed, a win tomorrow – Whoever wins tonight, a win win tomorrow by the Vols pretty much locks in a three seed. I don't see a scenario where they lose to Mizzou on Friday and then fall to a four seed. Palm's got us on a four right now. What? Yeah. No, he doesn't. Pretty sure he does. Jerry, Palm has us as a four seed? We lose tomorrow. I can see us being on that five line. I told you that a while back. Never underestimate their willingness to screw us over. How bad we got screwed last year, and we were one of the best teams in the country. Let's see. Where is Jerry Paul? I haven't looked at, at him in a while. He does have a four seed. That's an outrage. It's a damn outrage. It's a lie is what that is. All right. Well, maybe maybe we can fall to a, a four seed if we don't beat Missouri on, on Friday. Who's better at this stuff, Lenardi or Palm? Palm's usually right on it. He'll tell you stuff you don't want to hear. Get all mad at Jeff. Damn, Jerry Palm. I feel like Lunardi is pretty – you Google that. Who's better, Lunardi or Palm? I feel like Lunardi is the gold standard. Lunardi makes me mad. I like, I don't care at Palm. Lunardi's the one who pissed us all off last oh, year. Oh, I'd but like he was to right. walk up to him and slap, crack him across the face. But he was right about us. Like, well, he, that's because somebody told him. Somebody in that room told him. He's okay, a weasel. Well, yeah, Joe well, Lunardi no, is no, no, a no, wait, weasel. Wait, wait, no. He's a weasel. You're talking about out both sides of your mouth right now. You're, you're saying that – Palm is the one who like gets it right. He tells you, who cares? Like whether or not the guy told him or, or not, whether sources or whether he's just numbering it out, he's mathing it. He got it right, and we all we, none of us wanted to hear it. Oh, we won the tournament. We're Jerry be Palm doesn't seed. act like a smug. You know what? When have you heard Jerry Palm talk? Like we've he had him on the show before. Not as bad as Lenardi. 
Those guys already think still fresh, man. Those numbers guys are all smug. They are all smug. You you guys want to talk about this? That's what they say. They they would not. They they don't look at the mat. They don't look look at at whatever you look at. Blind resumes. Just a little bit of backstory. Apparently, Jerry Palm, according to his bio, uh, started writing about sports on the internet right after Al Gore invented it. He was the first to bring RPI out in the open and is the one of the pioneers of predicting the March Madness. RPI brought it out in the open. Was it in the closet? Might have been. Jerry Palm. He's been tracking it apparently for over 20 years. You're not telling me what I want to know. Well, you think he got called Harry Palm in grade school? You amused with yourself? Think you're funny? You're just a funny guy. I mean, that's what we do. We pose questions to each other, Russell. That's basically what we do. You're like Nick Saban. You're just asking the question. Yeah. So we we ought to send him a pacifier. Big old baby. Christopher Gabriel on the show. Coming up here in just a few minutes. We'll get his thoughts on how far he's expecting the Vols to go, what constitutes a successful postseason for this iteration of your basketball volunteers. And then coming up in hour number three, young up-and-coming baseball coach Anthony Vitello joins the show at 5.20 p.m. for um, what I believe is well, it's the first time we've had him on since the Troubles. The Troubles? The Troubles oh, of a couple many. of weeks ago. Boy, that's you watch that game last night? Uh, no, sucked, man, sucked. Should have won that. Should have won that. I Had watched, multiple I, opportunities to win that. I, I flipped it on. This is this is my my idiot self. I flipped it on just in time to see what I consider to be the, the worst base running exhibition of my entire life. And you're talking to somebody who who did coach like that five, six, seven year old baseball. But uh, Merritt at third, which one? Ethan Payne. Oh, Payne. Well, you missed Merritt the inning before that. That was rough, tough scene. Should have scored from second. Should have scored from third. And Just then making like Burke. It, like if we're if we're being honest too, like Burke in the ninth probably doesn't need to go for that third. Like, when I, I saw that he's going for third, I'm like, what are you doing? He's very lucky. He made it. Like, I think it was a it was a good call reversal. He made it. He was chugging, wasn't he? But he probably, like, the safe play. Stop at second, Just baby. stop at second. Let's get a hit. Let's get in and get out. But they didn't. They lose. I know people are tore up about the base running, tore up about the bunting. We, stuff we we nitpicked on last year, right? <laughs> we had these exact same. Couldn't bunt last year. Bad base running last year at times. I don't remember us being that being a big thing last year. The base running. It was it. The bunting we were arguing about times. last year was we were like, why are we bunting? Just but, swing away, bro. But, the, but it was that, and they were bad at it because they never do it. Because we play gorilla ball. Bunting's hard, man. I, I I would imagine it's hard. I've I've never bunted in my life. Never faced ninety mile hour pitching before. You've never either. even you've never just done it. It's like even just fooling around. No. 
Really? No. I, I would imagine that's very hard to do. I would be I would be afraid of like the pitch is going to hit my fingers. Because that well, would that's I feel like that would bat. I feel like it would hurt worse the pitch hitting your fingers than it would just getting plunked in the rib cage or the arm or something. I feel like that would just be excruciating. Oh. You're probably breaking a bone. Like Ben Joyce just smashing one of his well, fastballs in your hand? Anybody. I mean, an 80-mile-an-hour fastball would hurt on your fingers. That was one of the few things in baseball I, I, that came to me pretty easily. Bunting, surprisingly. I didn't think it was that hard. Yeah. Although I wasn't facing a SEC-caliber pitcher. Well, elite hitters like myself were typically swinging no, away. Yeah. Coach ain't sending me up there yeah. to bunt, buddy. Yeah. He ain't, he ain't sending yeah. – this guy up there to bunt. You you physically scream power hitter. <laughs> that's that's what I think when I look at you. Like you, Griffey Jr., Bonds, Aaron, Russell Smith. Maybe Bonds before the Roids. He was skinnier than you. Let's take a quick break. So we got a big one today. Uh, CGP, CG, and TV. CG's like just mainlining ahead of that Walter White. He's blue. chomping at the bit. To get in here and turn this thing up a notch, we'll let him do so when we continue next right here on The Drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Stay with us. Welcome back. The Drive continues. Fan Run Radio. Russell Smith cruising with you on a Wednesday live in your White Claw. Hard Seltzer Studios. Don't forget tomorrow we'll be at Jets Pizza. No show. This might be it for the week. It probably is it for the week, yeah. barring a shocking turn of events tomorrow. We're either this is either it for the week or Friday we burn it all <laughs> down <laughs> it to the ground. Be, it'd be rough. Uh come out, watch the game with us. Jets Pizza, Kingston Pike in Farragut, as the volunteers take on the winner of Ole Miss and Mississippi. No, no, no. I can't even remember who's playing. South Carolina. <laughs> Really fired up about the SEC tournament, as you could tell. Let's go to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Bring in Christopher Gabriel from KMJ Fresno. CG, what's up? You know, I was just telling Bear that uh, it's been so much fun coming on your show. This might be it for me because of the weather here. And, and Bear said, well, you got to pull up your big boy pants, CG. And I said, yeah, that's what we're doing. Uh, that, that's what we're all doing here. Let me tell you how serious it's actually getting out here. This is from this is this morning. From the National Weather Service, uh, right next to our city in Hanford, this is a guy who never has hyperbole, and he said, this is not a garden variety storm. This is something that will bring impacts to daily life never experienced here before. Oh, my God. Uh, They have already issued evacuation warnings to 17,000 residents in the foothills. We're 30 miles from the foothills. Uh, It's really amazing. You know, the drought is gone now because we've had so much rain. The snowpack is at 197%. I know we're not talking weather today, but it's the lakes, the rivers, the reservoirs are at their max. So it, we have become the, the region of extremes. Either we've got nothing or we have too much. So I'm going to enjoy this while I can. We're going to talk some Tennessee baseball. Uh, somebody, called, somebody sent me a note and said, I hope that you, Russ, and Bear are going to talk bass running today. And I thought we were talking bass fishing. And then he said, no, it was it was autocorrect. He meant base running. So we're obviously that's that's what's on. And then no show tomorrow. What the hell? No show. Well, if, if Tennessee is playing and we have a yeah, chance to host a, a watch party, then yeah. uh, we're going to go and we're, we're going to take advantage of the opportunity to be amongst our people. 
Day drinking. Well, I, I and I think you should because <laughs> you know because it's not your way to just take off and not do shows. That's not your way. No, nope, no, nope. we lean into it here in the af- the afternoons on Fan Run Radio anyway. But uh, CG, I, I'm just hoping you guys don't fall into some sort of Donner Party like situation over there in Fresno this weekend. I mean, things can deteriorate quickly when radio guys go without food for three or four hours. That's uh, exactly right. We've got people now bringing food to our doors because we whine about it so much on the air. You know how that is. Uh, we ask for donuts. We get them. We Wait, you ask could do that? Burritos, we get them. Yeah, it's, oh, you know, so, <laughs> when, listen, when the number one show in town, and we are number one, asks for food, we usually get it. So uh, when they stop bringing the food, that's when things start going downhill big time. Christopher Gabriel, KMJ Fresno with us this afternoon. Chris, the madness is upon us. The SEC tournament tips off tonight. Tennessee plays tomorrow. Falls played on Thursday for the first time in many years here, Rod. We've just become accustomed to that double bye in the SEC tournament. Um, would love to get your thoughts on Tennessee's postseason chances. What are your expectations for both the conference tournament and the NCAA tournament? Well, that's that's a, there's a lot to unpack there. It's, I'll give you a couple of ways to go as far as the SEC tournament number uh, numbers go. I mean, I'm not going to go down the battered ball syndrome road. I know that we don't have Zakai. Well, we know that, uh, you know, Josiah Jordan-James, he, he has said himself he's not 100%, but he's certainly he certainly looks pretty good out there. Julian Phillips, we need him as well. Uh, opening game against South Carolina or Ole Miss, look, let, let's be serious here. There is absolutely no reason to believe that South Carolina, after losing by an average of 40 or 41 or it might have been 4,000 points, is going to suddenly show up and those matchups are going to get better for them. That's really the problem for the Gamecocks is that they just don't match up well with us at all. Ole Miss, you know, that game was earlier in the year. Ole Miss played a pretty good game. Vols ended up winning that game by four, had a great second half. Um, you know, that's a Vols team then that was shooting pretty well. I don't see Ole Miss, if Ole Miss is the opponent, I don't see Ole Miss really doing anything in that game. So then we go on to Missouri, and I, I pulled out the Missouri stats because I just had to look at them again. Look, uh, no disrespect to Missouri, but they are not going to shoot 53% from the field. They're not going to shoot 54% from three. They're not doing that again uh, against this Vols team. I simply don't believe it. And I think the Vols beat Missouri. And it wouldn't surprise me after what happened in Knoxville, it wouldn't surprise me if the Vols beat them by double figures. Then we get to Alabama, and um, assuming it would be Alabama, because I don't think Alabama's going to lose to anybody. I think that game's going to be a problem, Russ. I, I, I really do. I, I don't like the matchup without, without Zakai. Um, I, I think that, you know, the Alabama coming in, Vols played a great game that night. The Vols will, should have the, you know, the home court advantage and what have you, but I just don't. I don't see the Vols going past Bama. It would be great if they do. I just don't see it. Um, that's that's the logical scenario for me. The other scenario, because we're talking about the Tennessee Volunteers in 2023, is the Vols just lose sense of who they are, and they lose their opening round game. I, I mean, I don't see that happening. But if by chance that were to happen, you can guarantee. This team is going to a four or a five seed in the NCAA tournament. I know that Lunardi has been saying they're you know, a rock-solid three. I'm not buying that. Not, not if they go out early in the SEC tournament. 
But to the second part of your question for the for the for the NCAA tournament, you know, Russ, uh, six of one, half dozen of the other, right? I'm not sure where you and Bear are at with this. I mean, I'm going to say what I've been saying all year. You've been saying it. Uh, you know, Bear has been saying it. We've all said it. If this team, here it comes, plays the way they can play, they can get all the way to the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. There's no doubt about it, even without Zakai Ziegler. They're an airtight team defensively. They've got guys that can shoot the ball. They've got guys that can slash. They certainly have an inside game when they want to have it. But if they pull out an effort like some of the games that we've seen, Auburn and Thompson Bowling, Auburn on the Plains, uh, which, you know, another a game that they should have won, uh, this team could go out before the end of the first weekend. I keep hoping, Russ, that the team that we see is the team that comes out and has at least one or two guys that can shoot the damn basketball. But I'm worried about a, about the Vols matching up against a team like Oral Roberts. I don't know if you've seen them. They won the Summit League last night. They beat North Dakota State by like 30. This is a team that is a mid-major, but they've got size, speed, they're disciplined, they're focused, they can shoot the lights out. And this is a team that if the Vols were to get them, they scare me. Creighton was a team that was put up in a bracket. I think it was Lenardi. And I know that uh, uh, there were some people that were suggesting that, well, you know, Creighton is, you know, they, they struggle against, against good defenses. Yeah, I don't buy that. I've watched them play multiple times this year. A Creighton, another mid-major team, a team that has big wins for them against Texas Tech and Arkansas, a two-point loss against Arizona, a five-point loss against Texas. My point is, there are some mid-major teams, Russ, that are mirror images of the Vols. We play in the SEC. We play in one of the big, bad conferences. But there are teams out there that if the Vols don't bring the, the game that we know they can play, the Vols can be done by that first weekend. So I think that would be tremendously upsetting. Now, Rick Barnes, as a four-seater better, is undefeated in his career in the NCAA tournament. So I think mm-hmm. it, I think it's doubtful that they get bounced in the first round. It's it's very possible that they get bounced in the second round. It happened last year with, with a better team. Um, if, if that happens, CG, uh, Russ, yeah. Russ, forget my interruption. I just want to be really clear. Yeah, I'm not suggesting they lose on the Thursday, Friday. Yeah, I'm saying what you're saying that they lose on the Saturday or Sunday. Is that ex- I say acceptable? I mean, we're not running Coach Barnes out of here, but. Given all the time, no Ziegler. I mean, how how do we square that, CG? What what happens if it's a second round? I think we all agree you get to the Sweet 16 without your point guard. My opinion, that's a successful season. Not a great season. It's just a successful season given where this team is at coming into the tournament. But if they don't make it out of the second round, there would be a lot of unhappy people in Vol Nation. Yeah, I think you pose a really good question uh, because, yeah, I again, to go back, I think the Vols, no matter who they play, they win that Thursday, Friday night game. And then it really starts to, to boil down to how, how, do we, how do we define success? Because I'm a Rick Barnes fan. I'm also a Rick Barnes realist. I understand his record. I know what his record's been throughout his whole career in March. This is not a team that's going to get to the, to the Final Four unless they get a whole bunch of breaks. If they – you know, Russ, it really depends on the game, the opponent, and how the Vols play. I think we would all agree that the Vols could lose on that Saturday or Sunday but play a heck of a basketball game and get beat in a way that they lost to Vandy or lost to Missouri. 
I mean, that is commonplace in the NCAA tournament. A big-time team getting taken down by a mid-major or something a little bit less, a team less than that, and then we have to kind of alter how we frame that loss. But if the Vols are playing a team in that second round, if they're playing a team that the matchup is good, uh, everything favors the Vols, and the Vols go out and lose by 10 or 12, that to me is a different story. That changes the, the discussion a bit from was it still a successful season? Probably not, to another early exit for this team. And then the, the Vols, the uh, Barnes haters will come out of the woodwork. Again, I, I like Rick Barnes. Um, do I think he's I mean, do I think he's the coach that's going to get this program to the Final Four? I'd like to believe so. But I, I think that the, the whether or not this season is viewed as successful, Russ, is really – if they get to the Sweet 16, it is. I, I, there's no question about it, especially without Zakai. But if they can't get out of the first, the first weekend, unless it is a freakish play, I, I don't think that we can view this as a successful season, especially when you consider what this team was doing up through the Texas game and what's happened since then. Because it's, almost, it's like a different team has taken over. I mean, even the game at Arizona, that was a game you and me and, and Bear, well, maybe not Bear, but you and I, uh, we're not referee baiters, but there were, there were uh, a, a plethora of questionable calls in that game. That game very easily could have, and one could argue should have been, a Vols victory. It wasn't tough place to play, but point being, that team, that Vols team, irrespective of Zakai now not being on the floor, that was a different team. The team against Texas was a different team. Even Alabama a couple of weeks ago. I mean, yeah, you had no Phillips, you had no Josiah Jordan-James, but even that night, this team looked like the team we saw all year. I mean, are, are we at the point now, Russ, where we are almost comically saying, well, which Tennessee team is going to show up? Because, again, pardon me being redundant, but if the Tennessee team that shows up, the one that plays great defense, the run that make, the, the one that, that doesn't overdribble in the half court, the one that will make the extra pass, the one that will find someone penetrating down the lane, draw the defense, kick to an open man, and actually make the open shot, is that team going to show up, or is it going to be the team that we see go two for 17 from three in the first half from three, and they make two more in the second half, and they lose by a dozen points? I think I've been there for a long time, CG. The inconsistency of this team is just – maddening at times they can come out there they can beat anybody in the country and they can lose to just about anybody in the country and they have this year um and then you know the loss of Zakai Ziegler just kind of I don't say it took a lot of the wind out of my sails I still think they can go out there and beat just about anybody but um I'm not expecting it at, at this point so um it's it's interesting, but it's going to be a wild edition of March Madness for Tennessee, and it starts tomorrow in the SEC tournament. CG, I wanted to get your thoughts. We visit with Christopher Gabriel this afternoon, KMJ Fresno, on your Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Tennessee baseball this year began the season ranked number two in all the polls. Uh, kind of stumbled out of the blocks a little bit with no Maui Ahuna, some off-the-field drama going on. Um Rough loss at home last night to a pretty good Boston College team. Uh, what's your take on this team? Should fans be resigned to the fact that this team is going to take a little bit of a step back after last season's historic run, or do you think with the dominant pitching 
still in place that they can figure some things out with the bats eventually and still be in contention for the conference title and another trip to Omaha. Yeah, I think it's the latter. I'm firmly in the latter of what you just set up, Russ. Uh, you know, they, they open the season, they have a couple of losses. None of us expected that. None of us expected the Maui Ahuna situation as well. But I, I'm more bothered. I, I mean, I'm more bothered by the Arizona loss than Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon is a good team. And, and as Tony Vitello said, and you, got, you have him on later, uh, of course, and I'll be listening to that for sure, you know, that was the biggest crowd, the wildest crowd they've ever had. I thought it was a, a great situation for Tennessee to be in on the road. It's going to be a precursor for them when they go down to, say, LSU. Uh, I'm more bothered by the Arizona loss because the next day, the team that, that's in town here, Fresno State, not only beat Arizona, but they shut them out. Um, but, you know, bats often come along slowly. That's just kind of the way baseball is. Baseball is a funny game. I mean, last night is a game. Boston College is a good baseball team. Uh, you, you don't think of Boston College when you think of baseball powerhouses. They're not a powerhouse, but they are a good team. But really, that game last night, I mean, the Vols did what they did, right? They they come back in the night. We can forget about everything else that happened. They come back. They do what they do. You know, it's 6-5 in the night. Night Moore gets a home run. Burke is on third. Nobody out. And this is going to be a Vols win. I mean, this is we've seen it for the last couple of years. It's a Vols, especially last year. It's a Vols win. And then things just go south. But as Tony said in a really good article by Ben McKee, he said, you know, baseball, and I'll paraphrase, baseball's a funny game. Uh, that, if that ball goes five yards to the left, five yards to the right, they're ripping his jersey off. We win that game, and we're all, it's a happy conversation in right field. I think that this team has enough pitching. I think that they have a lot more hitting than, than a lot of fans, a lot of Vols fans are giving them credit for. I think they have a lot of moxie. But that moxie has not come to the surface yet. And the, and the reason I bring up the Tony Vitello article today, is, and I, I hope he talks about it with you today, because he said something in there, and you kind of had to read between the lines uh, in certain parts, but on other points just really, really see what he was saying. He, he came out and said, basically, how much do you want to win? When you put that uniform on, how much do you want to win? What's in your heart that says, I want to win because when you have teams, and these are what this is what Tony said. When you have teams of comparable talent, the team that's going to win is usually the one that wants it more. I know that may sound cliche, but he's so right. And I felt like what he was saying was essentially a message to his team, Russ, mm. and that is, I'm not buying that you guys want it bad, badly enough. I'm not feeling like you guys are putting on the orange and white, and you want it as much as you need to. And it felt to me like it was an open challenge. And so to really bring your, your question down to one simple thing, I think when this team's bats really get in full gear, and we've seen that happen over the last couple of weeks, granted it's against you know, overmatched competition, but when the pitching zeroes in a little bit better, I mean, giving up four home runs, that's, that's, you know, that's surprising. I think this team is going to surprise some, pe- some people. The, the idea that they're – they're not going to be competing for an SEC championship. I don't buy that unless they have a lot of injuries. I think this team is going to be fine, Russ. And I, you know, baseball is a funny game. Unlike every other sport, this is a what 55, 60 game season. Uh, there's more than enough time for this team to figure things out. Look at Ole Miss last year. Yeah, they started out what seven and fourteen, and they won it all. And I don't think anybody would look at Ole Miss last year. It's, it, granted, this doesn't really mean much, but on paper. That Ole Miss team was not remotely as good as Tennessee, but they got. But usually, in a, nas- a national champion, 
I shouldn't say usually. More often than not, it's not always it's not always the the best team. It's the team playing the best, and that was Ole Miss. And that's all that Tennessee, Tony Vitello, and this whole team. That's all they need to be working for. Is that is that getting better every day? I know it's cliche. The bats will come around. The arms are there. I think this team is going to be fine, Russ. Such a good point about Ole Miss last year. A team yeah. that got swept on their home field by Tennessee, and they were a different team by the end of the season. CG, uh, before we let you go, got to ask you about football, and this is becoming a theme throughout the Josh Heupel era. It, no news. It, it's just very quiet. You don't hear anything. There's no drama. There's no off-the-field this or that. There's no contract haggling. There's no Heupel in the news talking about rules changes that he wants to see. He's not even commenting on the permanent opponents. He just doesn't talk. There's nothing coming out of Tennessee's camp and we've said it to you before you get the feeling that's very much the way he likes it you know you remember the series the great series with Don Adams get smart uh where the chief would say something or agent 99 would say something and he'd say and loving it (laughs) I I think that's exactly right that's where Josh Heupel is at if you go back to his playing days under Bob Stoops you know here's a guy that was a runner-up to the Heisman he wasn't by any shape, you know, any imagination at all. He wasn't Baker Mayfield. He wasn't the guy making waves against other teams. He wasn't planting flags on fields. He wasn't doing things off the field. He just got out there and went about his business, and he was a great quarterback. I went and looked up uh, a couple of things from his days, his three years coaching at UCF. You have to, you, you would have to dig up something that's been buried well beneath the earth to find him in any kind of crazy off-season stuff, he loves it this way. You look at ESPN.com, and that usual suspect, they're t- can't, they can't talk enough about what's going on in Austin, Texas. And is Nebraska going to come back? What's happening in Florida? Does Billy Napier have things going? Oh, just later for all that. Happy for ESPN they want to do that. But Josh Heupel, uh, uh, I love the, the part of him that is, hey, you know what? We're going to take care of business. We're going to take care of business at our practices. We're going to take care of business at our meetings. And then we're going to go out and we're going to torch you. We're going to drop 60 on you, and you're not going to know what hit you. And we're going to be smiling about it, and you're going to take your sorry bums home. He loves this. All of us get a little annoyed. I mean, I know I do. When I don't see anybody talking about the Vols on the sports sites, even well beyond ESPN.com, he loves it. He doesn't look for it. I don't – you know, a lot of these – athletic departments and you know this they will have people in communications departments basically feeding these networks trying to get guys to you know try to initiate articles i don't think you have anybody at ut doing that because josh heupel i'm convinced i don't think he would ever admit it because he wouldn't need to i don't think josh heupel wants anything like that he, he just doesn't want anything like that he likes it exactly how you said it quiet relaxed a nice soft jazz bar on the north side of Chicago, having you know, having a beverage and a burger, and not being bothered by anybody sitting in his corner table—that's what he likes, and that's great because it is the counterbalance to what is going to be a another prolific offensive team this fall, a better defensive team. And when these games get rolling, they're healthy. They are going to do everything and more to basically remind folks Tennessee is back. You haven't talked about us since the end of last year after we beat the hell out of Clemson, but Tennessee is back. 
Spring practice just around the corner starts in a week and a half. CG, appreciate you as always, my friend. Y'all take care out there. Don't let Bear's uh, gruff attitude and, and curt dismissive language on the, the phone. What the hell is that supposed to mean? You guys take care out there. That sounds like a not good time this weekend weather-wise. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that a great deal. I, I think that you know Bear would probably be in his little Yankee tent, uh, his little New York Yankees tent with his Yankee hat and he'll be in the, in the corner. Uh, with a little fire in a, in a burn barrel. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's going to be something out here, but uh, I will keep my eyes on what's going on in the SEC tournament. Certainly uh, listening to you guys, uh, you know, do the post games. Are you going to do a voluntary reaction after the game uh, tomorrow? I'm glad you asked that. It's complicated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. The, there, the short answer is yes. Sort of. We there. Yes. It will not be immediately after the game as usual. I've got uh, a uh, little league practice to to tend to um, at six o'clock. So we're thinking seven thirty ish or so. We might do so uh, an hour or two after the end of the game. We should be and on. But talking, yeah. <laughs> me and Davey and I talked last night, and we were. Uh, it, it should be a, a it'll be a little bit different, Christopher, but should be a really okay. fun show. Well, I, outstanding! I, I love listening into you guys. It's always fun. I'm going to say one real quick thing before I go. If the Vols get to the Final Four, I really believe I need to fly in, and we need to do the show together again. Yes, yeah, I'm flying to Houston. Let's go. We'll meet you uh, halfway. Wherever you, wherever you do it, I'm just going to say it right now. If the Vols get to the Final Four, I, I'm assuming that you know I'm, I'm assuming an invite. Uh, forgive me. Uh, for that, but whether you're in Knoxville or Houston, I'm flying in and we're doing. I'm, I'm going to jump on and do the show with you guys there live. I mean, last year was the year, man. We we had made plans. It's in yeah. New Orleans. We're going. We got the yeah. squad, and it was just, uh. yeah. So, so if it happens, but I, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, me it, believe me, it, it, Tennessee. I've been waiting 40 years for it. If it uh, if it happens, Tennessee goes to the Final Four. We'll be there. That sounds like a plan. Gentlemen, it's always a great pleasure. Love you guys. Thanks for inviting me. Love you too, bud. Thanks, CG. Christopher Gabriel, KMJ Fresno on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Check out Big Orange Phillies this weekend. They'll have all the conference tournament action on. And, of course, the NCAA tournament starting next week as well. 66-25 Maynardville Pike in halls. BigOrangePhillies.com. Quick timeout. The drive continues. More Fan Run Radio coming up. Fan Run Radio. The drive continues. 105.7 FM, 1340 AM. Streaming online. FanRunRadio.com. Your free Fan Run app. Christopher Gabriel, KMJ Fresno. Bear, what did you learn? Uh, my big takeaway, it's, it's something that I've been meaning to bring up on the show, was the whole, just mentioning old Miss. Um. Do we look like we're a finished product right now on the field? Absolutely not. We've definitely got some things, and I'm sure Coach will be the first person to tell you that they've got a lot of things they need to work on. But I just I'm, I don't want it. I don't want to end up just dwelling on things we need to work on as the season goes along. Like we have a tendency. Not, not I'm not speaking about like me and you and Marcus and, and like and like Chloe specifically in this, but like. As, as fans, we have a tendency did, to go, did you notice go hard a, negative. I don't know the the Twitter machines like they were a little they were a little spicy regarding nobody's called for Tony's head. Nobody's that's exactly even, what I'm talking about though. But yeah, there's just you, like 
what are we doing? Like, why are we bunting? The base running sucks. Like, you know, there's it's a little critical. It's a little critical. Maybe yeah. a little out of line. Uh, a little out of line yourself. I, it, I, in those moments, like, I have to really fight back the urge not to like, like, like snap. I'm like, just hush. You, you sound stupid complaining I, about this stuff. I'm, this I'm watching his post game from yeah, last night. He, you could tell he's frustrated. And, and that's right after like the you game. You keep saying frustrated. I, no one coached the way pissed. we know. Yeah, he's, okay, he's, he's, he's not happy yeah. right now with, with the things that I guarantee I'm, you. And, and I'll uh, put it to him, man. That was interesting what CG was saying. It's like, do you want to win or not? Like, kind of question, questioning the want to a little bit and throwing down the challenge. I don't think he's not throwing anybody down under the bus. He's just saying, look, guys, season's here. Like, we play – we got a series this weekend, and then it's SEC baseball. It's on. Like, I, I hope we've all worked out the kinks and everything here, but it's winning time now. Yeah, it, it is, but it, it's also completely you, – you, you're, you're just crazy if you don't think that there's going to be some, some stumbles uh, and, you know – it's not going to be perfectly smooth sailing when you replace your entire team except for your pitchers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. these guys are young. They're hyper-talented. I mean, that much is obvious. Well, And, and the outfield thing is got to be maddening. It's, it's kind of like Barnes and with the inconsistency from his guys. is I, I think Tony, he so desperately wants Kyle Booker to nail down one of those spots. And that would make this all easy, all, all so much easier. If he could just say, my three best outfielders are Jared Dickey, Kyle Booker, and Griffin Merritt. And you could just find their – you could just go from there. And I thought Booker was turning the corner. He had a great mm. uh, series over the weekend. Then he, I think he was 0 for 4 last night with four strikeouts. Yeah, and who's the, who's the young guy that's pushing him real hard right now? Uh, Dryling? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I just, it's. I mean, with the, I would just imagine, and this may be wrong for me to, to assume, just because it's wrong to assume stuff, but at the level he's been recruiting, I would be stunned if there's not, you know, young guys that we haven't seen or seen much of yet that could push any of the older guys as well, talented as some of these kids are. It's so, it it's so hard to make an impact as a freshman. Yeah, in that, any, yeah, in, in that sport, it's well, just. I think in any sport, it's it's really hard. Yeah, but I mean, like, think of the guys that we've had. You know, even Burke, who's amazing, was not starting last year. And I, I saw somebody's like, "Why we started?" Uh, uh, you know, so it was actually criticizing Vitello for starting Luke Lipschitz at first last year. I'm like, Luke was. He's the all-time home run like king yeah. of, of, of Tennessee he's one of the baseball. Best players, he's, he's one of the and, all-time and, balls. And yeah, Burke might end up being better. He wasn't last year. He wasn't better than Lipschitz last year. That was not overall, last year. but but he had a hot. Pretty much every time he came in, he was he was yes. he had a hot. What did he bat last year for us? I don't. Not as good as Lipschitz. But it just seemed like every time he came in the game, he had or any well, of the and, big moments. And he was DHing by the end of the year. Tony brought Tony played that perfectly last year. It's like he's he brought him along. You didn't see Burke much right. the first half of the season. Saw him a little more the second half of the season. And by the time we got to postseason, he was in the lineup every night, even against lefties. Yeah. So, like I, I uh, it's, uh, 
Tony knows what he's doing, man. And, yeah. And he tried to tell us. I, I was told somebody. Uh, he tried uh, to tell early. He everybody tried, from yeah, months. He, he tried to tell us, like, this isn't the number two team in the country. Like, they might have that potential eventually, but right now, I'm replacing my entire lineup, okay? Pitching can only carry you so far. Yeah. I mean, Tony's a lot of things, but he's always appeared to me, he's very candid. And if you ask him something, I mean, he'll tell you the truth. He tried to tell us. And people just suspend belief. They think it's like Alabama and football. I mean, it's incredibly hard to replace all that talent. And how many of those guys are playing at the next level now? Well, I mean, they're all playing pro ball somewhere. So, <laughs> like, a couple of them have real good shots to to break into the majors. Yeah, replacing a couple big leaguers, no biggie. But they'll they'll figure it out, man. They they got some talent over there, and I say the pitching can only carry you so far. The dominant weekend pitching here. Here's one thing to think about. I see Chris last last night. I think he threw like 50 pitches. Mm-hmm. Like. Maybe you, you, you could have gone longer there. Would that have changed things? Like It's not the end of the world. It's one baseball game. It's frustrating as it was, but we got to run here. Stay with us. Hour number two of The Drive coming up next. More Fan Run Radio on the way.